Welcome to Coffee Pods, a 15-minute coffee-length look at one of the difficult issues around the Christian healing ministry. So plug yourself in, pick up your mug of coffee, and let's go. So welcome to the fourth in this uh, summer Coffee Pod series of Why on Earth Did Jesus Do That?, And today we're going to look at the healing of the blind man in uh, John uh, chapter 9. It's uh, only John who records uh, this particular story. Um, Let me just read uh, just a little bit and can't read it all, otherwise it'll take the whole of the 15 minutes. But verse 1, chapter 9 says, As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Uh, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, Jesus said. But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. And the story uh, ends up uh, with uh, a wonderful uh, line. um, And I'll go through the narrative. But verse 35 uh, says, Jesus heard that they had thrown him, the man, out of the synagogue. And when he found him, he said, do you believe in the son of man? Who is he, sir? The man asked. Tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said, you have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking to you. The man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. So why this story? What on what is Jesus doing? Um, Well, the first thing that you get out of this story is that it's a creative miracle. Uh, Verse 32, um, the man himself says, it's amazing, isn't it? Nobody has ever heard of a man being born blind, seeing. And actually, as you go through the Old Testament, there's no record of any story uh, of any of the prophets or any of the kings or any of the the judges, um, somebody healing somebody who's born blind. Of course, the next thing that you encounter after a creative miracle is the wrong question. Uh, The disciples um, ask, um, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And it's very much a a sort of a theme of of cause and effect um, that that is is prevalent even today. You know, something bad happens to you and people automatically think, well, you must have done something wrong. But actually, um, Jesus says, in effect, it's the wrong question uh, that neither this man or nor his parents sinned. And, and I just love the fact that the disciples get it wrong again, um, just like us. And I'm really encouraged that at no point in the three years uh, that Jesus is with the disciples, does he ever say, right, that's it, you're out of here, you just don't get it, go. And, and it gives me hope that we can keep a beginning again. But after the creative miracle, after the wrong question, actually what you do need is the right punctuation. And in verse 3, Jesus says, neither this man nor his parents sinned. Now, because in the Greek there isn't any punctuation, you have to sort of put that in in terms of its context. And actually what you should really read in this is neither this man nor his parents sinned. Full stop. End of sentence, said Jesus. But since this has happened, let's do the works of God and display them in him. And that makes a very different 
story, particularly as the disciples will later ask about the, uh, the, the tower that fell on them or those whose blood Pilate um, mingled with their sacrifices and, and they're looking for cause and effect. And Jesus says, no, no, it's, that is the completely the wrong question. So after you've had a creative miracle, after there's a wrong question and there's a right punctuation, there are a number of things that you want to say, why on earth did Jesus do that? And the question I really want to ask is, why did he send him away to wash in the pool of Siloam, which the pool is named, it means sent. So why was he sent to the sent pool to wash? And of course, the, the, the whole spit and mud in this story, uh, as in verse six, it says that Jesus spit on the ground and made some mud with the saliva and put it on the man's eyes. Of course, in the end, that very action means that the man has got something that he has to go and wash off uh, with water in the pool. And, and so I thought, why is Jesus sending this guy away? Because he's already healed a blind man with, with spit and, and there's no washing in that. There's no being sent anywhere. There's just go home. Whereas this man has been sent to the pool of Siloam. And of course, sometimes um, it's about a faith response. Sometimes God requires us to put our faith in him into action so that healing can take place. Um, it's, it's almost like sometimes we can become too passive, both as the people who are doing the praying and, and sometimes as the people being prayed for. Um, we have this sort of idea that God will do it all. Now, look, I think there is a difference between God has done it all, the it is finished of the cross, and God will do it all for me now. I think those two things are different in this sense. Um, God doesn't do our breathing for us. We're involved. And I think out of the it is finished that God has done everything so that his purpose and his will can be accomplished. I think the idea that God will now do everything for me and I have to do nothing is actually not always the right way of looking at it. So the man goes and he washes and is wonderfully healed. And just think about it. What an incredible moment that is. He's never seen before. And, and, and he's just experienced this creative miracle. And now he sees. You can imagine that life is like, oh, wow, look at that. He goes, he washes, he's healed. He comes back and Jesus has disappeared from sight. And I just thought, isn't it interesting? So, so why, why send the guy away? Yeah, I can understand the going and washing, but why send him away and disappear? It, it does appear that Jesus is putting some distance between him and the man, perhaps almost for the man's own sake, perhaps knowing the reaction that the Pharisees are going to make about this man's healing. Isn't it funny that some people just can't even be glad at something good that's happened to somebody else? They, this religious attitude they have is it wasn't done properly and it wasn't done our way, when they just can't rejoice that God has opened the eyes of the blind. They, they can't even rejoice that they've seen something. They've seen God do something that nobody has ever seen done before. So... Jesus put some distance between himself and the man, maybe for the man's sake. And, and in fact, he doesn't even know now where Jesus has gone, because in verse 12, they ask him and they say, where 
where is he? And they say, I've got the foggiest idea. I haven't got a clue. There is then a debate about whether it's truly him. And um, some find it hard to believe that God would intervene in his life and, and, and do it. And, and sometimes, you know, in the healing ministry, sometimes people are afraid that God won't heal. And sometimes people are afraid that he will. Because if he does, then it changes life quite considerably. So Jesus has left. This guy and his parents are investigated, a bit like the Spanish Inquisition. And of course, nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. Um, and, and in the process of this inquiry, in verse 22, they, the Pharisees have made it known that anybody who acknowledges that Jesus is Messiah is going to be thrown out. And, and so there is a cost now to this miracle taking place. And this isn't just the sort of thing of saying, well, gee, we're going to change church because we don't like the, the worship or the, the, the preaching or the coffee or the this or that. This is, uh, this is about a community-wide exclusion. And so, understandably, and, you know, the parents seek for safety. But the man has had an encounter. And that's different. In fact, somebody said that a man with an experience is never at the mercy of a man with an argument. So my question was then, having sent him away and put distance between him, having sent him to wash, and I can understand the, you know, the spit and the mud and, and the faith action. So why on earth go and find him again? Because that's in verse 35. That's exactly what uh, Jesus does. It says that Jesus heard that they'd thrown him out and when he'd found him again. And so Jesus intentionally goes to find him. And, and having recovered his sight, the man's thrown out because he gave his testimony. And in verse 30 and 31, he's clearly beginning to see the nature of God and his work. And, and, and in fact, isn't it funny? This, this is where the narrative starts, because in verse 31, he says, we know that God doesn't listen to sinners and he listens to a godly person who does his will. And of course, the disciples question in uh, verse two, Rabbi, who sinned? Who didn't do God's will <laughs> to get this done? But the man begins to see this. It's quite, you know, an incredible turnaround in this story. But of course, Jesus goes and finds him. Just think about that. God intentionally went to find him. He sought him out. Jesus expended time and energy to go and find this man. And in that process, he then asks him this incredible life-changing question. And in my experience, having been in the ministry 35 years or so, and you know, I found that God's questions are often as profound and sometimes more than his answers. And Jesus asks this man, do you believe in the Son of Man? And because the Son of Man is not a denial of deity, it's a statement of it. The book of Daniel and, uh, and, and the book of Revelation, you know, what a vision as Daniel sees, one like the Son of Man. And it's this acknowledgement of, of deity. And Jesus asked him this life-changing quest, life question. And the man says, I really want that. I, I really want to believe in this man, this son of man. And then really interestingly, 
one of the few times that Jesus will reveal who he is. And he reveals himself in heart and spirit and revelation to this man whose eyes have just been opened not long before. And now he not only sees physically, but he is given a revelation um, spiritually, absolutely uh, amazing. And, and in, in both times, the man's response to Jesus is that he calls him kurios, Lord, supreme over all. Incredible title. Beyond uh, Caesar and anything else, he's calling him the supreme over all. And it's interesting in the story, isn't it, that Jesus goes and finds this guy. He's had his eyes opened. He's had an encounter with Jesus, with the supernatural healing power of God. He's received revelation about the nature of God and, and, and how God's work gets done. He has gone through a transformation of life from a blind beggar to somebody who has encountered the living God. And he's now living this new destiny. And I reckon that's why Jesus went to find him. I think the opening the eyes of the blind man was just the beginning. That there was a, in the midst of the backlash that would follow, Jesus was after something else with him as well. That that's why he went to seek him out. And of course, the Lord knows where you are right now. And he is seeking you out. And in the flow of life, as we're asking him for healing of body, mind and spirit, he is also wanting to reveal himself to us that we might know he is supreme over all and that we too might call him Kurios, Lord, and live in the light of that in exactly the same way. And so today I just want to encourage us, you know, these wonderful stories of why on earth is Jesus doing this? And sometimes you're tempted to think, why on earth is Jesus doing that in my life? Well, he's always got a much deeper, higher, richer purpose. So let's pray. Father, thank you that the scripture says that eye has not seen and ear has not heard and nor has the heart conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But it has been revealed to us. And we thank you that you in these days, Lord Jesus, are revealing more and more to us of who you are and what you are doing on the earth. And so, Father, we say, yes, please. We say, yes, please, living God. Tell me so that I may also believe. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us on Coffee Pods today. We appreciate you giving us the time. If you've got any comments or questions, then please do let us have them at info at acornchristian.org. And we look forward to meeting you again.